Praise God. Amen. Hebrews 11 and 21. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be his name. Great is his name and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit of God cannot produce fear, but only produces power and love and a sound mind. Anybody in the house got it together this morning because of the Holy Ghost? Anybody testify that it's only because of the Holy Ghost that you're still, hallelujah, saying today, glory to God. Amen. Hebrews 11, 21. Everybody got it? Say amen. Amen. By faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. They're going to sound the shofar. We want you to give the Lord praise for his word today. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that he could dwell with them always. 
He allowed them to experience what they experienced for a temporary time of suffering because he knew, Sister Lori, that in the end, he was going to get back that relationship with them that he created them for. And that's the end result of why we're doing what we're doing today. It's because we're going to be able to dwell with him, amen, forever. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so we know that Moses made covenant with them, that God made covenant with them at Mount Sinai, amen, and they made covenant with God, amen, the Bible tells us, I don't think a lot of people realize this, or they, they overlook it, but when they went into covenant with God, that's why they became his people, because they said yes. Hallelujah. He offered them, uh, amen, a better way. He offered them covenant, and they reciprocated by saying, amen, we will be your people if you will be our God. He said, I'll be your God if you'll be my people. And they said, we'll be your people if you'll be our God. Oh, come on, somebody. Are there any of these people, amen, listening to me today? Hallelujah. But when they made covenant with God, hallelujah, Moses sprinkled blood on them. Amen. He sprinkled blood all over them to signify uh, the covenant. Uh, but then we know, amen, that uh, uh, praise God, they were disobedient. They mumbled and grumbled and complained. They were disobedient. Uh, amen. And so uh, there was, um, for the most part, uh, those that had been sprinkled with blood ended up dying in the wilderness. Uh, amen. They did not see, uh, amen, the promised land. They died in the wilderness because their unbelief kept them from the promise because God promised them, uh, amen, that there is a land flowing with milk and honey. It is the land of Canaan. I have already given it unto you. Uh, you just have to go and possess it. Uh, amen. So they wandered now for 40 years as a result of that. Uh, and so most of them that had been sprinkled with blood, uh, amen, died there in the wilderness. Uh, so that generation of unbelief, uh, had died, amen, but there was a generation, hallelujah, that had rose up, a generation that had endured, hallelujah, much like right now, hallelujah, praise God, there is a remnant that has risen up, there is a remnant that has endured, anybody part of that remnant today, I am, hallelujah, praise God, and we can look in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 29, and we see, uh, amen, that now they have finally made it to um, Canaan. Praise God, they finally made it to, to where they're getting ready to enter into the promised land. Amen. And Moses is reconfirming now to this generation, uh, hallelujah, who has believed and has endured. Amen. As they're getting ready now to, amen, take possession under the Canaan land. We know that Moses, amen, gave it over to Joshua, praise God, Joshua took over in Moses' place, praise God, but now there's a, a new generation, and Moses, you can read it in Deuteronomy 29, he's reconfirming the covenant with them, hallelujah, he's reminding them of the faithfulness of God, hallelujah, praise God, and they stood ready now to go into the Canaan land, they were now ready, standing to go into the Canaan land, now, you've got to remember, you say, well, why would Moses need to reconfirm to them uh, if they were the generation, uh, amen, that believed and they were the generation that endured and they were standing there ready to go in? Uh, praise God, you've got to understand that they had seen many signs and wonders and miracles. Uh, 
Hallelujah. But listen, praise God, the miracles in and of themselves could not accomplish anything in their heart. If the Spirit of God did not move upon their hearts, amen, to change, praise God, their hearts, then the greatest wonder would not be able to do it. Because there's a lot of people today that have seen the hand of God move. They have seen the miracle power of God, but it has not been enough to change their heart. Come on, unless the Spirit of the Lord, amen, moves upon them and changes their heart, Amen. It doesn't matter how many miracles they see. Uh, it's not going to make a difference. Uh, and so now here they are. Uh, through the good and the bad. They're now standing there as a witness. Uh, that God had been faithful to keep his promises. Uh, he told them I will lead you to a land of promise. Uh, and so now here they are. Uh, standing amen, as a witness. Uh, that through the good times and through the bad times. Because it wasn't all good. Amen. Those 40 years was not always a pleasant experience. But through the good and the bad, they were standing there as a witness that God had been faithful to keep his promises. I wonder if I've got just a handful in here today that will say you are a witness. Amen. That through the good and the bad, our God has been faithful to you. Just a few minutes. Hallelujah. See, they were reminded that their clothes and their sandals didn't wear out. Hallelujah. Imagine wearing the same pair of shoes for 40 years. And I'm talking about, hallelujah, the only way to get where you were going was to walk. Amen. So it wasn't like you could put them in the closet and take them off and wear them. Amen. Just when you got in the car, we're talking about they walked and they journeyed for 40 years. And the Bible says that their sandals didn't wear out. Hallelujah. Have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And he will lead you and guide you in all ways of truth. somebody. And their clothes did not wear out. Amen. That didn't mean that they didn't have to wash them every now and then. Hallelujah. But they washed the same tunic and the same undergarments for 40 years. But they never got rotten. They never got a rip. Come on, somebody. I need you to understand that. I'm talking about the faithfulness of God. Hallelujah. And if you'll put on the whole armor of God and you'll dress yourself according to the word. As Brother Matt talked about the holiness of God. If you'll prepare your mind and your heart and your spirit. I promise you everything that he equips you with will last. It won't wear out. Hallelujah. You'll be able to get on. Come on somebody. Hallelujah. That's why you can stand in the midst of adversity and declare I will not be weary in well doing because I will reap my harvest in my due season. I'm choosing not to faint. Come on somebody. I need you to give God praise better than that. Hallelujah. He provided them food. He gave them shelter and protection. He never forsook them. Hallelujah. And they are a witness right now getting ready to go into the Canaan land. Amen. And here's the thing. Having kept his promises in the past means that he would do the same in the future. Even though they did not know what was ahead of them and the future was uncertain, 
and so hang with me. If he had brought them this far, here we go now. Here's where here's where it gets here's where it gets on you and not God. Come on. There was a point when we right. look. I've prayed plenty of times. God, this your reputation now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This you the one that said this, you're the one that done declared it. Now I've done all that I can do. It's on you. This your reputation that's at stake. And your reputation statistics show that your record. Yeah. He's got a record of never failing. He's got a record of never losing a battle. He is not going to initiate a battle that he has not already overcome. That he'd bring them through whatever was ahead. Absolutely. Absolutely. They should be confident. Yeah. Now it was on them. Come on, somebody. Yeah. So, all that were present the leaders, the mothers, the fathers, the children, the servants, all that were present had a responsibility now to do faith. Yes, they did. See, aren't you glad you shouted a minute ago? Because you that shouted a minute ago now have a responsibility to be faithful. Come on, that's different. We don't like to hear it like that. Hallelujah. But now, if you shouted at the fact that he's the one that brought you through and brought you through uh, and been faithful in the good of the bad and he's brought you to the present and your promises are still ahead of you, they are not fulfilled. Amen. The ones that are fulfilled are done. But I'm talking about the promises, the destiny that is before you that has not been fulfilled. Hallelujah. You've got to be confident that he is faithful. Now you have a responsibility to be faithful to him. Oh, come on, somebody help me. Hallelujah. That's what tabernacles is about. Hallelujah. Because he's faithful to me, I'll be faithful to him until we meet in the new Jerusalem. Come on, somebody. Let's go with him. Let's go with him. Here's the thing. You and I are here. We're here. The enemy didn't want you here. And I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm being here physically at this building, but I'm talking about here spiritually. We're here. You and I are here. We're standing ready now to move forward into this new year. It's a new spiritual year. Come on, somebody. God's calendar. Now we're, we're here. And just like the children of Israel, amen, we're ready. We're standing ready to move forward into uh, the promise of God. I don't say that in a generic way. I don't say that casually. Amen. I'm really, I really need you to understand that. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is the real thing. Amen. This is war. The enemy is out to kill, sin, and destroy. Hallelujah. The enemy is out to take out, to take down, interfere, interrupt, hinder, do anything that he can to prevent the kingdom from moving forward. So here we are now. We're standing ready, just like the children of Israel, ready to move forward into this new spiritual year. And we know that things are uncertain and unpredictable in this world. Yeah, right. yeah. Very much. Always. 
Very unpredictable. Very uncertain. Now, there are, there are some things that are certain to those who understand All right. what's happening. Those who understand the word and have, have a concept of what's happening around us. There are some things that are certain. Yeah. Amen. But you understand what I'm saying? Amen. Times are unpredictable and they are uncertain. Nothing here in this earth is reliable. That's right. Come on. I said nothing of this world is reliable, but we must keep our minds renewed in the spirit for that reason. I said we must keep our minds renewed in the spirit for that reason. Because you see, Paul said in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, he said, this one thing I am confident. Yes, come on. So you've got to have the confidence. We already said that. You've got to have the confidence that God is going to be faithful in the future because he was faithful in the past and got you to where you are. And now you have the responsibility to be faithful back to him. Come on. I'll be your God if you'll be my people. You can't. He, can, he cannot be your God in the fullness if you're not his people in the fullness. Come on, somebody. Do you hear that? Grace will keep you out of a lot of trouble. Mercy has brought a lot of you through some things that you should be six foot under and they should be visiting your grave. But for God, but for the mercy of God, you are still above ground and breathing. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. But Paul said this something I am confident that he who has begun a good work yes. in me will perform it or he will keep fulfilling it. He will keep doing it until it's completed on that day of Jesus Christ. So, you know, you know, trying to find that, oh, I need that. I need it to be where there's nothing. I need it to be, I need some reprieve, right? Come on. Hallelujah. Thank God for some moments. Amen. And some seasons to listen to you. I'm telling you about the rest of you. Hallelujah. But the last year and a half, man, we're almost at the end of this calendar year. Amen. So the last almost two years, praise God, those times of refreshing and those times of reprieve have become moments. <laughs> Amen. Who and skip the season. Amen. I don't know about you, but I had a season of, amen, a break. Come on, somebody. But there's been moments. There's been, amen, spurts. Hallelujah. Revival moves. There's been things that have kept up. Oh, come on. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So quit trying to find that season that you can just float along and everything's going to be all right. Because it's not over. And it's never going to be over until you are with him. But he is completing. He is growing you until it is completed. So that's why we can't be halted by what's happening around us. We can't be halted by what's happening around us. I was, I was awakened this morning 30 minutes before my alarm went off. Don't that make you mad? Just me, especially at 3 o'clock. I'm one of the people, so I'm bleeding snooze buttons. I was about to say something, but I got my mind to. I've heard it before. It's hey. <laughs> Come on, hallelujah. Each his own, hallelujah. I ain't done it once. Listen, if something goes off, I'm up. 
Amen. A smooth button would be nothing but made me throw something across the floor. Amen. Which would be in the alarm clock. Amen. Because I don't get it. Why? Why? I can't. I can't go right back and just sleep. So when I'm awake, I'm awake. Thank you. I'm telling you what. Since God here this morning, praise God. There was a amen. There was a greeting. Amen. Praise God. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. The enemy. Praise God. And so we can't be halted by what's happening around us. But we gotta be like the five wise virgins in Matthew 25. We've got to keep our lamps trimmed and burning. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. A lot of folks trim them up on Sunday morning, but they don't light them. And you gotta keep them burning. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Come on. We gotta keep our lamps trimmed and burning, prepared for that hour. For the hour that you think not, the Son of Man is going to come. Sister Christie already said it. Either get all the way in or get all the way out, because that is lukewarm. Amen. The Bible says that God will keep you out of his mouth. Amen. He can't deal with that. So be hot or cold. Amen. For if you're lukewarm, he's going to spew you out of his mouth. Hallelujah. So that's why in this time that we are in, amen, we got to keep our lamps trimmed and burning, and we got to be prepared for that hour. But we also got to continue to pursue the promises of God. See, what happens is uh, we don't give up on God, but if we're not careful, we'll become so daunted by what's going on around us that we will stop pursuing. Come on, somebody. And the enemy will convince us that, well, as long as you're ready, just settle. Can I tell you, being ready is not all that God has called us to do. Come on. He's called us to be instant in season of season, reproving, rebuking. He's commissioned us to do all that we can. So the enemy wants you to stop pursuing the promises of God. So I come this morning to try and encourage us in this season of tabernacles to not just be excited because we're ready for the trump of the Lord to sound, but let's move forward. Let's pursue. If you've got a word of during camp meeting, there was lots from the start to the end. From Sunday through Friday, the prophetic utterance and unction went forth. And many got new, fresh words. Others got reconfirmed. Others got reconstituted. Others got revived. If you got any form of word during camp meeting, let me challenge you. Get up. Stay up and move forward. Don't you dare discount it. Don't you dare allow the enemy to make you think that it ain't going to happen. If you received a revelation through any of the messages, don't you dare let the enemy pull that away from you. Come on, somebody. Press. Move forward. Hallelujah. Pursue the promises by faith. Let me tell you what. The pressure to bend, the pressure to buckle, and to bow is at an all-time high. The pressure's on. Can I get a witness? It says the pressure to bend, to buckle, and to bow is at an all-time high. Now, it comes from outside influences. But I'm here to tell you that it's also coming from within. Come on, because there's there's voices from within. Yeah. Hallelujah, that think 
praise the Lord, that it's not necessary and thinks, amen, that all of this radical stuff is not necessary. But I come to tell you, forward march, pursue the promises of God by faith. Amen. Destiny is not altered by current events. Sincerely tell God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. 
Be prepared for him to take you out of your comfort zone. We're getting ready to celebrate uh, 25 years of pastoring. I, I look back and I reflect, and my gosh, I have had to do things and say things and be places and, 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 and interact with people that I there is no way I would have done it on my own. There is no way that you could have. There are some things that money would not have been enough for me to say, okay, I'll jump in there and do that, or I'll be that, or I'll be part of that. Hallelujah. That God will put you in your, amen, take you out of your comfort zone, hallelujah, and make you who he wants you to be. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. So you've got to refuse to bow. Amen. Because bowing puts limits on God. Amen. But we got to be like the three Hebrew boys. Amen. Even if he throws us in the fire and even if our God does not deliver us, we still will not bow. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? Hallelujah. We got we to make up our mind. No bowing to fail. No bowing to religious passivity. No bowing to forgiveness. No bowing to perversion. No power bowing to virtues that's being touted in our society. No bowing to the doctrines of demons that's being spoken upon our children and upon the amen the world. No bowing to the lies. No more bowing to the antichrist agendas. No bowing to the mutilators of children. No bowing to the godless nonsense that's going on in this earth. We're not going to bow.
Now, I'm not a real estate person, don't know a whole lot about real estate, but I bought a couple, uh, a house before and been around and bought a few church buildings. <laughs> so faith is the title deed of things hoped for. A title, or the title to, to, to a property is a legal position. Really, it's a concept, and I know that they have it on paper, but, but it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a legal position. It's a, a, a concept saying that the buyer has taken ownership. And the deed is the physical legal document that's been stamped and attested by a legal witness and gives complete rights to the owner. See, you have to take the title in order to get the deed. That's why when you go to buy a house, they, 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 they do a title search to make sure there's no liens on the property. To make sure that no one else has any legal rights to that property. Now, I'm not, again, I'm not a real estate person. I know some of you in here that are. Amen. But, 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 but they, they check to see if there's any liens on the property to make sure that nobody else has any rights to that because that title gives that legal position. It is that, that concept saying that now the buyer has taken ownership of that property and then you have to have the title in order to get the deed. The deed is a physical document. It's that actual legal document that's been attested by a witness amen, that gives them complete rights. See, you have to take, again, the title to get the deed. Can I remind you that Jesus paid for our redemption yes. and our freedom with the blood. Amen. He paid for our covenant freedom and our covenant redemption in the blood. Amen. So he took, amen, the title to your breakthrough. He has, amen, is considered, come on somebody, do you hear me? He is the buyer now, amen, and he has taken ownership of your life. Your freedom, Amen. He's the owner now of the kingdom. Can I can I just say it like that? He owns it, Amen. He's the owner of the kingdom because he paid for it, Amen, with his blood, Amen. So now he has the title, and the word now is the deed or the legal document that was sent and witnessed by the Holy Ghost, Amen. That gives us complete rights. So now, amen, faith is the title deed because Jesus took, amen, ownership through his blood of us, our victory, our freedom, everything that the covenant offers, everything the promise offers, hallelujah, he went in and the word is now, hallelujah, our legal deed that says we have complete rights to walk in whatever the word says we should walk in. And you say, who was there? I done told you. The Holy Ghost was that notary public, was that legal witness that came into agreement with everything that was on the deed that says it's all legal so ain't nobody, come on somebody, have a right to destiny that the word says 
because we have a tendency to bow when hell goes to do a title search they find some things have some legal rights to your property even though Jesus paid for it and he has the title to it and has the rights to amen take the deed come on somebody hallelujah Amen. It's a concept. You can't really see it. Amen. Praise the Lord, but it's there. Hallelujah. But even though Jesus has the legal rights to you, your life, your family, your home, your finances, your health, he said, I come that you might be, amen, whole, complete, body, body, mind, and spirit. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. But then when hell goes to do a title search, they find out fear has got a lean on your peace. They'll find that anxiety has got a lean on your joy. They'll find out, hallelujah, that depression has a lean on your emotions. They'll find out, come on somebody, do you hear me? That debt has a hold on your finances. So therefore, you
even though your family's not saved, they're under the blood of Jesus. Because in your secret place, you said, I plead, I plead the blood. I plead, I plead the blood. Devil, you can't have it. You can't take it. They're mine. It's my seed. I go Yes. Mm-hmm. 
with assignments to the earth. There are angels that have been released in the earth on assignment in this season. That's why things such as happened this morning are happening. Because there's angels on assignment for the kingdom. Believe. And here's the catch. You cannot just sit back and casually expect to receive from this assignment in this season. Yes, come on. We have a responsibility. Mm-hmm. We have to engage. Mm-hmm. Engage means to be actively involved. Yeah. How many people be honest and, and, and will say, now I'm not talking about, but, but will, will, will say and be honest by raising your hand that the enemy tried to get you to just stay home today. Try to tell you, oh, for this reason, for that reason, you can watch it live. And, you know, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. just, just yeah. stay home. Just stay home. It's because he doesn't want you to be engaged. Yes, that's right. See, when you engage in warfare, that means you're actively involved. That means whether you are on the front line or not, you are ready to move to the front line if need be. If you're not needed on the front line, you may be needed to take supplies to someone else. So that means he might wake you up at 2.30 in the morning and ask you to get in your prayer closet and to intercede and pray. And if you're engaged in battle, then you're going to roll out of bed and you're going to get in your prayer closet and you're going to begin to intercede because there's somebody on a street corner or in a hospital bed or even in a morgue that is depending on your intercessory prayer right that minute. Come on, somebody. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is why he wants to convince you that fasting does no good because he does not want you engaged in active warfare. This is why he will tell you that reading your word is of no effect. You don't even understand what you're reading. You can't even comprehend what it is. Hallelujah. So it does you no good to do it because he does not want you engaged in active duty. Come on, somebody. Do you hear that? That's why he tell you stay home from church today. That's why he'll tell you when you get here, oh, it's okay. You don't need to raise your hands. Amen. We should never have to be asked to lift our hands and praise our God. When we come into his house, that is the number one main purpose for coming in this house is to give the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob the praise that belongs to him. Do not expect to have 
that response when you're taken in prison. It won't come automatic. You better hope somebody rolls out of their bed at 2.30 in the morning and has covered you in prayer and that the Holy Ghost will urge you. Get your hands up, boy. Give God praise. This thing ain't over. I don't care how bad it looks. I know it looks like you're doing this by yourself. I know it looks like that your family has all forsaken God. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but somebody in here feels like your family is farther away from God now than ever. But I'm here to tell you, you raise your hands anyhow. Stay engaged and active duty. My God, do you hear me? As much as we can do, which is to believe it, declare it, 
Receive it. Come on, somebody. As much as our limitations becomes the place where God begins to be who he is. So our ceiling becomes his floor. So if you bow, look how much it lowers your ceiling. Because you bow, the enemy's going to put the pressure on. Come on, somebody. But as the pressure is on to bow, bend, and break, you've got to resist the devil and watch him flee. You've got to keep your hands up and push back the powers of darkness. Push back the wild. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? And you can't do that with your hands down. So get your hands up and push it back. Press. Move. Come on, somebody. Do you understand me in this place?
15 years. He came at the age of 130 when Joseph, and where Joseph was, was, was prime minister of Egypt, God, uh, Joseph was sold by his brothers, and, and the coat of many colors of the back, it was bloody. His, his father, Jacob, thought that Joseph was dead all these years. Joseph ended up in prison. He was accused of rape, and he was falsely accused of all of these kind of things. God, uh, God, God elevated him. God moved him. He went from the pit. He stayed in prison. He went from the pit to the palace. And, and, and so fame came. That Jacob sent his sons. They went over. They went back. They told their dad that my uh, Joseph is alive. Is alive. My brother Joseph is alive. And his Jacob was ready to die then. He said, let me die now. Because I'll die knowing that my son is alive. But God must finish with him. So 17 years he dwelled there in Goshen. So here he is in Goshen. He didn't, he didn't send for his servant to go to his safe and get a bag of money to give to Ephraim and Manasseh. He didn't say, here boys, here's, here's all the money that I've saved up. Here's your inheritance. This is yours. Divide it among yourselves. He didn't say that. He didn't pull out a bunch of paperwork and titles and deeds to all these estates and this property that belonged to him or that he owned. He didn't pull that out and say, this is what I want them to have. And I said, you know, the house is yours, the car is yours. Are you, are you with me? This, this parcel of, of land is yours. This parcel belongs to you, Manasseh. I want you, I want you, Ephraim, to have this house on this corner. I want Manasseh to have this. He didn't pull anything out like that. He had no portion of Goshen there in Egypt. He had nothing to give them. But he did have a lot in Canaan. Even though, listen, he had never set foot in Canaan. But he had a promise. And by faith, he already owned it. And by faith, he passed on to Ephraim and Manasseh, the Canaan land, something that he never owned, that he never had stepped a foot in, but that's what he told Ephraim and Manasseh, that belongs to you. I'm giving this to you. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. Amen. Even though it was a land filled with enemies, amen, that, that held the country by right. Amen. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. Come on. They had the rights of possession. They had walls, cities walled up to the heavens. Amen. The Canaanites inherited. Amen. They inhabited the Canaan land. Hallelujah. He had never set foot in it. Hallelujah. But here's one thing that a man he knew. This is what Jacob knew. God owned the title deed to the Canaan land. Even though the enemy was inhabiting their promise, he knew that by faith God held the title deed and had already given it to him by faith through his father Abraham. Come on somebody. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. So here he is giving something that he had never seen, something that he had never stepped foot on, but in his heart, by faith, it belonged to him. And if it belonged to him, he 
was going to pass it on to Ephraim and Manasseh. Come on, somebody, do you hear me? Are you seeing the connection this morning? Hallelujah. You may not have stepped foot in it yet, and you may not have physical possession of your promise, but you've got a title deed that says, if God says it's yours, then it already belongs to you. So by faith, you've got to take it, hallelujah, and stay engaged and declare. Come on, somebody, are you getting it? I hope you're understanding the reason I went through all of that in the beginning. It may look like that the enemy is winning. But Jacob knew that God held the title deed, and so did he by faith. Because you see, Jacob remembered from his father Isaac, who told him about his grandfather Abraham, that when God called him out of his country, that he said, Abraham, I want you to look up, lift your eyes. You see from the east to the west, you see from the north to the south, I've given it all to you. I've given every bit of it to you. Oh, come on, somebody, do you hear me? Hallelujah. So he had heard, even though he had never entered in, he had heard, come on, somebody, hallelujah, that it belonged to him. He said, this, Abraham, I give you. Jacob didn't own one house or one piece of land, but by faith, it was his. <coughs> by faith, it was his. And so the Bible says that he got his frail, weak, weary head up, and he leaned on the top of his staff. Now here's, here, here's the catch. He worshiped. Can I tell you where there is faith? There is worship. Absolutely. Where there is faith, there is worship. Come on. Absolutely. So here's what you're trying to understand. Why is it so significant? Why did the writer feel the need to tell us that he leaned upon the top of his staff and worshipped. Why? Because when you understand the customs, every man had a staff. That was a large, straight stick that was used for traveling, for walking, and recording information. I say it this morning, never really thought about it until this morning, but, but you know, Jacob was, Jacob was given had a limp. Right? I thought, I, thought, I thought this morning about how many times he leaned, probably leaned on his staff with that visible limb that God gave him. Sometimes God will allow things that will make us lean a little harder than we would if we didn't have those things. Come on, somebody. We might preach that some other time. Hallelujah. Amen. But that staff was a large straight stick used for traveling, for walking, and for recording information. Because we know that they would carve information 
on the sides of the staff from top to bottom. So any, any notable thing that happened in their life, it was etched on that staff. It's like keeping a diary or keeping a record, a journal. Now here's the thing you got to understand. They passed the staff down. So Abraham would have passed his staff to Isaac. Isaac would have passed his staff to Jacob. So Jacob's staff was not just what happened in his life, but it was recorded on his staff when his grandfather Abraham lifted his eyes and God said, I'll give you hell. Oh, come on, somebody, do you hear me? Hallelujah. When Isaac, come on somebody, when Isaac, amen, when Abraham took Isaac up Mount Moriah, hallelujah, was going to sacrifice him. Oh, but God, oh, but God met him up there and said, there's a ram in the thicket. Somewhere on that staff was recorded when Abraham took Isaac. Now you understand that even though he was weak, feeble, frail, when he leaned upon his staff, he wasn't just leaning on a walking stick. He was leaning on every word that had been spoken unto his descendants. Come on, somebody, do you hear me? Not only did it guide his steps, but it guided him to his destiny. I'm crazy enough to believe that he was 147 years old. He had had that set for a while. I think he knew where certain things were etched. And I can see as he's leaning, he raises up from his bed. And he leans on the top of that staff. And he worships. I can see him hold on to it. And he takes his hand. And he runs his hand up and down. And he feels that written word every time God had been faithful every time God had fulfilled his promise and he said what's mine is yours and today amen that word staff means guide it means stick hallelujah this is your staff this is your guide when all is falling apart even when you're weak and you don't think you can make it lean upon your staff and even when you can't see it by faith know that it already belongs to you come on somebody do you understand my Lord I feel this today why Jacob said Genesis 32 Jacob said with my staff I cross over this Lord you'll get it tomorrow Father. 
So he went down to the fourth in line. Guess who was fourth born, if you don't know? Judah. That's why Genesis says that from Judah, the scepter will not depart. Scepter is another word for staff. From Judah, the staff will not depart. Where does Jesus come from? He comes from the lion of the tribe of Judah. Come on, somebody, do you hear that? Hallelujah. Amen. And it will not depart. Hallelujah. Let the enemy do a lean search, a title search on your joy and your promises. Hallelujah. That scepter and that staff will never leave the hand of Judah. Come on, somebody, do you hear that? Remember when Elisha, I'm trying to hush, come to the music. Remember when Elisha, amen, the, 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 the child, the promised child was born and he died? What did he tell his servant? He said, go lay my staff on his face. Come on, somebody. Why would he lay his staff on his face? Because carved on that staff would have been the promise that she was going to have that baby. And that miracle birth was going to be carved on that staff. And when he laid that staff on his face, death could not resist the promise of God. Come on, somebody. Do you understand? Lean on the staff. When David killed Goliath, the Bible said he took, amen, the sling, the stones, and his staff. Because he was about to put it in. Hallelujah. Right. Come on, somebody. You understand? Leaning on the staff. The word. This is our staff. This is the deed to your faith that says what you say, what you declare according to his word has been attested by the Holy Ghost listen, listen we're even sealed by the Holy Ghost until the day of redemption it is the title somebody, do you understand me God, Jesus owns us and the devil has no right So in this season, this tabernacle season, as God is releasing angels on assignment. You know I don't preach all about angels. Now I'm talking about angels and again. The Lord spoke this to me and I kept it to myself. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to share but I felt it this morning. Of the Lord. So I need you to share it because what's going to make the difference is You've got to declare in your prayer time what's going to connect with the assignment that God's going to send. And you've got to lean. That's the word of God. So you've got to lean on the staff. You've got to lean on the word. Yeah. 
afraid, you're tired, you can't see, you feel like you can't hear the voice of God. Right now, 